Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Make Better. Adam, once again, we have some pretty cool guests joining us today. We've got Jalen and Liv from The Athletic. Uh, yeah, really excited to have you guys on. So, um, Liv, Jalen, tell us a little bit about yourselves. What the heck is Athletic? What's this A? Yeah, just give us a rundown. <laughs> I love that you wore the hat, you know, so we could uh, we could both rep. I figured one of uh, someone else on this call would be repping it with me. So <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, but yeah, we are both account executives at The Athletic on the sales team over here. So we are kind of the the point people when it comes to ads between the producers and the clients. Uh, so we're relaying everything. And I came to The Athletic uh, almost three years ago now, been a while, and I came from the linear side TV background. It's totally different coming into podcasting, but after this amount of time here, have learned so much from, you know, everyone here, but also the great people that I've worked with, like uh, you two as well. So, so yeah, I would say that's kind of, kind of the gist on me. Jalen, you want to, I know Jalen has even more podcasting experience. No, you're far, you're far too kind. You're far too kind. Uh, first off, thank you guys for, for having us on. I feel like we've been talking about this forever. So, I'm glad it's finally coming uh, to fruition. But yeah, no, just like Liv mentioned, account exec at The Athletic. We like to say we're the largest sports newsroom in the world. Um, and so we're the ones monetizing all of our podcasts from little local shows about your favorite NFL team to national shows about the NFL. So we cover any sport you can you can think of, and, and uh, we enjoy it. I've been here. Okay. Say again. Do you got a croquet podcast yet? We're we're working on that actually. We're looking for brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, That's I'm like really into croquet. Right now. <laughs> yeah, high on the list. High on the list. We can make it happen for sure. But yeah, I've been here for about three and a half years. Uh, I've done quite a bit with the athletic. I kind of bounced around a lot of different teams. Um, I was doing ad ops, so you know, implementing the ads, optimizing campaigns, and then produced a show one one, one time for a few months, which was fun. And then obviously now on the sales track and helping to monetize the podcast. So seen a couple of different iterations of The Athletic and uh, been, a, been a cool ride. That's so cool. So talk to me a little bit more, more about the sales stuff. So you guys produce and have a bunch of shows. And are you guys like working and finding advertisers to come and buy on your shows? Yeah, yeah, you have it correctly. Right. So we work with a lot of audio, you know, agencies uh, like Adam uh, <laughs> here with us. And so, yeah, trying to figure out which brands really make sense for a sports company. Right. So okay. um, we, we work, yeah, day in and day, every day trying to figure that out um, and trying to, you know, throw some ads on onto all of our pods. When we first started the podcast network, just something interesting, I guess, about our shows as a whole is that it really began from having this robust, very experienced, ex this expertise in the sports space. You had all of these writers that were uh, coming out of their, from their local areas. They were, knew every ins and outs of every individual team. So you have these experts really in their field. And we were kind of like, there's got to be more that they can do. So a lot of our hosts now, we've, we have a few shows that have come and joined our network that were podcasts first they started a show and then they joined us but most of our shows a large majority are actually writers turned podcast hosts so at the start there was uh, sort of that transitional phase we had a lot of inbound requests is what we were taking on the sales team it was a lot of people who were fans of the writers fans of their work already or fans of the athletic that 
some even being, you know, local advertisers that knew their, you know, local sports writer. Uh, so they would reach out to us and that's kind of how the advertising business started. And then as we grew and these shows became more what they are today, we obviously grew the business largely. Now we have relationships with agencies, direct buys, and a lot of our, most of our advertisers are more focused on the national s- scale of things, a national audience, as opposed to sort of just that local audience that we started with. That makes sense. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Right. So obviously like sports podcasts, right? Like if, if you're, you sell jerseys or something like that would make sense to like advertise on the podcast, but like, I'm sure that's not just your demographic. What are you guys looking for? What, like, what are there any like themes in terms of advertisers that you guys find and that buy on the shows? Like, yeah, what, what, you know, what brands, you know, do you think could work on, on your guys' shows? Yeah, I, I can take that one. Yeah, obviously being a sports brand, that's, you know, a niche kind of audience, right? So figuring out which brands really make sense. We're, we're trying to do that every day. So I think some of the ones that kind of work for us and not to, you know, say like any one particular advertiser, yeah. but you know, those ones that are like those performance or workout clothes, stuff like that in mm-hmm. that vein, mm-hmm. dietary supplements, things, that, things of that nature that the host can kind of uh, relate to work really, really well for us. And I think the reason that they do work well is for the host, they can use that and make sense to them. And it's something that, you know, obviously a couple of those advertisers will send product out, which is always nice. And they love, you know, living myself for that when we can make that happen. So those are probably a couple, couple brands, couple, couple spots that, that we have some success in. Yeah, that's a huge thing that we've since being acquired by the New York Times. Uh, we fell under the larger umbrella of the New York Times, kind of the, the sports arm of the New York Times. And with that brought a lot more resources for us to use. One part of that being just deeper audience statistics. And so us being able to find out more about what actually interests our audience outside of sports. They're all here because they love sports. You know, it's a subscription sports service. So they're here because they, we know we've got sports fans. Uh, And by the nature of sports, you know, a, a large majority, it's a male audience. So we've had brands in the past that typically, you know, go for a, any, any sort of like maybe a women's focused or family focused podcast and find huge success on ours just because yes, they're sports fans, but you know, it's a different, they have things outside of their life than aside from just sports. So people who we've had success in the past with clients where they've said like, I don't know if that's going to work. We typically don't buy sports. They've tested and had success. And sometimes it surprises us even too, because you wouldn't think that, you know, something like a, a caraway home or something that is typically geared towards women has huge success because you know there's there's families they have families and they also like to cook and have homes so so that's been you know sometimes it's a struggle for us to to get that across to advertisers you know that that the audience is more than just their sports interest but that's the important thing that's right if you're a sports fan and like you're you're watching the games but you're also watching a podcast like that's probably some of the most dedicated audiences like they're engaged in what they're listening to whether it's just like people that they care about like talking about stuff or they're keeping up with like game updates and stuff it's probably out of some of the podcasts you know that people listen to passively it's probably some of the most engaged people and so i think you know, outside of, you know, whatever the advertiser is, like, is probably see some really, really good conversion rates and just overall ad, you know, success because, you know, these people are looking to get updated on the things that they really care about, I think, versus, you know, just listening to a health and wellness podcast where you're just sort of like, what can I learn today? You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're completely right. You don't get much more dedicated than than sports fans to their <laughs> needs coming from yeah. sports fans ourselves, you know? Yeah. Totally. And then even just to, you know, harp on that a little bit more, we're super fortunate 
because a lot of our hosts, we have close contact with them. So if there is a particular brand that maybe seems off the wall to myself and live, we can ask our hosts and they'd be like, oh, yes, I actually do like that company or that's something I'm interested in. So I think being able to have like a collaborative space is because mm. we're able to just send them a quick ping, a quick note. Um, and they're, they're more than open to get back to us and, you know, hop on some onboarding calls, which I'm sure Adam loves. Yeah. Like onboarding calls are everything. I love onboarding calls. <laughs> I don't actually get to go on too many these days. My only question before I really get into the meat of this episode or we dive into some podcast ads is what separates the athletic sp sports audience from say other sports audiences on other podcasts? Because there's obviously tons and tons of sports audiences out there. And what would make a listener choose to listen to a show at The Athletic versus maybe choosing a different show out there? Definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a question that we have to answer day in and day out. So it is uh, what we like to say is journalism with a capital J. It is uh, very brand safe. A lot of mm -hmm. sports podcasts out there, competitors of ours, have maybe a younger audience, less purchasing power, Etc. With the Athletic, it is you know this. It's very high quality journalism. It's also a subscription service. So with that comes a certain level, uh, a certain audience, which is typically male or uh, over. I don't know. I would say median age in thirties, affluent, high purchasing power, and highly educated. So we have a high level of our audiences, graduate degree and above. So I think those are ways that we stand out in. in as far as our audience, uh, you know, a lot of their interests revolve around travel and business and finances. And these are things that you might not get at other mm -hmm. sports outlets where you're having that younger TikTok generation, sure. which, you know, not to say that's I love TikTok, but it's just a different audience. And sometimes that is hard to get across because when you think of sports, you kind of go to those those big standard, you know, the the bar stools, the overtimes, the you know, I could go on and on. But yeah. And, yeah. and, but isn't that the beauty of sports is that there's a bit of a home for anyone within the category under right. the, where you show up to a game and there's going to be your people that are in the box offices and, you know, they're there for the luxury of, of being of a sports event, et cetera. Then you have the hardcore dedicated fans that are there. They're fighting for every dollar to make sure that they can make it to their favorite game or whatever. And there's such a diversity of people coming into watching sports. And then the content that stems out of that serves different people in different ways. Similarly, like I'm wearing a John Boy hat or Barstool is probably a different type of sports audience from say The Athletic. And so I think when brands, so I work with a lot of brands that love advertising on sports and we have to educate them on that there are different types of sports audiences and Very you much. may want sports as a category, but there's a specific type of category within sports that you may want to target versus a different category. And so oh. I think you hit the nail on the head and that there's a home for a lot of different types of sports related content and The Athletic has carved out a really unique niche. Uh, within that by Absolutely. the journalism of, of the athletic world. So, I am uh, a consumer of all of the above. So I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of sports fans that probably dabble between both sides where they go like, I want that like gritty sports, like beef type content. And then I want to also get the stats and the hardcore, like journalistic side of things. And I, I don't think it's exclusive either way. Yeah, completely agree. I, I would you know add to those points, what I, which I think were, were really good. We, we talked to one of our writers this week uh, on, on a call and, you know, like one of the questions was, you know, explain the athletic right in one word and their word, which I thought was great, was purposeful. And that's kind of what we try to do uh, at the athletic is we tell the why aspect of the sport, right? Like we'll break down a play until, you know, your, your nose bleeds. You know, we want to get into the nitty gritty of, of everything. And to your point, Adam, which I think is great, there's an audience for that, right? There's an audience for 
the really fun and like let's let's laugh a lot about particular sport or game and for ours it's a little bit more serious i think Liv said capital j journalism which i think is spot on but yeah it's just a different different part of the sport but also needed and has an audience too yeah and also i'd like to say too just from the the to to both of your points uh from the fan perspective i guess i would say yes when we refer to other sports networks we refer to them as competitors but we really do all aid each other we all work together in the larger telling of the story of sports and what's going on at the time you know adam you mentioned you're wearing a john boy hat makes me think back to the astros when the athletic broke the story and then it was john boy's video who uh who actually got the, the video evidence of the cheating scandal so in that way you know if you go back and look at the the story of the athletic and of John Boy, they're tied together even just from that one moment. So, and it really, the fans got both, they got everything they needed from both sides of those. And then obviously, you know, there's so much more that blew off from there. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm a fan and a consumer of every, every type of, of sports news, like we mentioned before. And we really do all work together in, in a lot of unique ways. So I think that can benefit benefit advertisers as well to take a look at what everybody's doing and where they might fit best, but where uh, there might be ties across all of the networks. Awesome. awesome. Well, that said, maybe uh, this is a good segue for us to actually start to make some judgment calls on <laughs> some of these brands advertising on some sports related content. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. So yeah. we pulled some, yeah, we pulled some cool ads from um, some different shows. And I think we even have an athletic show in here. So um, maybe we'll, you guys will be grading, you, you know, your own homework. Own homework. Which, there you go. Yeah, you know, <laughs> what you guys think. Um, we'll try to stay uh, unbiased, but no problem. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay, cool. We've got three, uh, three ads that we're going to be listening to. Um, they kind of range. There's a couple of products and then there's a, you know, like DTC types of products. And then there's one that's more, um, I think it's like finance and banking stuff. So uh, let's dive in. All right. I'm going to play this one. Let me know if you guys can hear it. And then listening to it, we'll sort of go around the table and, and share our thoughts. And then we'll end with the scores and all that sort of stuff. We are going to be listening to, let's see, we'll start with this one. Let's, um, let's end on the athletic one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Good call. Uh, Colin Cowherd podcast. Um, and the brand is Cuts Clothing. You guys know them? Yes. yes. They're like the fancy t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really yeah. cool brand. All right, let's listen. Here we go. Duel now live in Ohio. We all know professional athletes care about what they look like. And as you know, I care about what I look like. Right now, I've been wearing a lot of Cuts clothing. I love this thing right now. Every Cut shirt is designed to provide a perfectly tailored look. If you want a, a long sleeve Henley, no problem. A short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. Cuts has everything you want. And I've got all of it, and I wear all of it. Right now, 15% off your first order. 15% off first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash Colin. Cuts, C-U-T-S. Look them up. I got a closet full of their stuff, and I love it. All right. You guys got good gist of it? Yep. All right. Adam, let's get, let's have you go first. All right. I'll, I'll kick it off. Okay. So I do like what he does at the beginning there where he hooks in the audience, and he kind of opens up the, the premise to say, like, you know that athletes care about what they look like, and I care about what I look like, therefore. And so he's hooking to the idea that if you're a listener, and you care what you look like, which you might because you care what athletes look like, 
Therefore, he is about to introduce a brand that's going to fill that void for you. Uh, and I like that he goes into it and gives a, a kind of almost like formulaic ad read where it hits all the points of like a tailored cut. This is it. And that's the whole premise of the brand is like cuts clothing. It's like pick your color, pick your design and pick your cut. It's you're supposed to every they have a variant of everything in the same color suite. So you can build out your whole closet, but different cuts or whatever. So you can get the curved hem, you can get the straight hem, you can get the V-neck, you can whatever you want out of it. So there's always a style for you. And then you can pick whatever colors you want for essentially. And he doesn't go super in depth on that, uh, which I almost wish he would, because that is the big value prop behind cuts. But, 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 but truthfully, that's what makes that brand so unique in terms of how they offer their offering. It's not just a set set of things that you can buy or collections. It's choose your own adventure to some degree. And that's the beauty of it. So I would have loved to have seen him get a little bit more intentional on that part of it, but I think he gets a, it's a really formulaic ad read. It's super formal, super brand safe, super hits the call to action. 15% of he like very clear what you were getting on your first order. He, he hits everything very clean. You could never go to him and be like, you messed up the call to action. It was butter. Perfect. So in that regard, I, I like it. I, I wish there was a little bit more like almost human reality to it where he like broke from the narrative of the tone of the voice and said like, no, like I wear this stuff all the time. I take it out to dinner, my wife, whatever, whatever the like subtle little human note to it would have added just enough flavor to it to push it over the edge for Still a decent read. Awesome. All right. You guys, one of you guys want to go? Yeah, I'll jump in. I think uh, I had a lot of the same thoughts, Adam, honestly, that the athletes know off the top. I love, um, especially in the sports space with our ads. I, I always encourage them to loop in whatever is going on in their specific sport they're covering at that time. And even if they, whether it's part of personal experience or just as a hook and it's always nice to loop it back in there it would have been fun if he had thrown something in there later again like kind of to loop it back to the athletes just to keep keep the hook I guess if that makes sense but overall I really liked it I liked how he was very deliberate the way he was speaking and put uh, the right emphasis on the right words which I think is kind of what Adam was saying about the CTA I felt like he did the job with that throughout which is helpful because sometimes you listen to an ad uh, and either it can sound way too scripted or and sort of maybe part of sounding too scripted is that there it doesn't it doesn't sound like it sounds like you have to listen to it again twice to understand <laughs> her to really understand what is the offer what is this product so I thought he did a really good job of telling the story of the ad if that makes sense it really like I could come across after one listen and tell you what I heard. And then I liked the the uh, clothing part. I think he did a good job of painting a visual. And I liked, you know, he listed out a couple of the items. And again, very deliberately. So as he said, each one, I was like picturing it kind of it made me want to go and see what it looks like on the site. So I like that. I do. Awesome. Jalen. Yeah. I mean, I think Adam lived it, hit everything. Uh, felt like they stole all my notes. But yeah, I would definitely say like, I mean, obviously one like personal endorsement, right? And just he said, I, I felt like a hundred yeah. times, which is great. You know, <laughs> obviously they're, they're listening to Colin for a reason. And if he says my cuts, then, you know, they might be more inclined to do that. So I thought he killed that aspect of it. It did feel a little bit like too scripted for me. Like I, I think Adam, which I, I totally agree with, like the human element of it would have been really nice to give maybe an example or two about wearing cuts. Maybe he wears it to his son's baseball game or just mm -hmm. something that maybe was just an added touch that you could, um, relate to so that'd be you know really my only knock on the read i thought it was terrific other than that i would say one 
other thing, which is, is rather small that I did like I, at the end, I like that he spelt out cuts like C-U-T-S. I think sometimes you can say something so fast, whether it's cuts or another agency that it's, you know, you don't, or a client, excuse me, that you don't know the proper spelling of the, of the word. Um, so, I mean, that, that if he says cuts, you could think, I mean, maybe it's K, like it's a, it's a funky brand that, that we're working with now. So I like the fact that he, that he did that. I know from a network standpoint, uh, like the athletic, that something, if clients don't add into it or on the copy, we try to add that in there, uh, pronunciation or just how it's spelled and even saying spell this out, like, like a certain way, because I just think that's, that's valuable for the listeners. So that those are my takes. Awesome. I, I want to add something before you jump in, Amelia. Yeah. So, okay. And this is only because I genuinely love this brand I, that I'm adding this in because great product, by the way. You're listening to this and you want to But they, they sponsor a bunch of professional athletes. So they work with like Nick Bosa of the Niners, et cetera. And so it would have been such a great hook for, for Colin to like lean into how cuts is a favorite choice of clothing of professional athletes. And he could name drop someone and be like, you might have even seen it. Nick Bosa was repping them on the field. The ball, well, you whatever it is, he could have leaned into something there because it would have contextualized. Like, actually, name an athlete that you talk about on your show regularly that is a user of this clothing. Boom! Instant conversion rates going up because all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, if Nick's wearing this and Colin's telling me, you're just hooking a scenario in." It wouldn't. And this what? is me asking for more than like he would have to do the research to know that. I only know that because I genuinely freaking love the brand. I was about to say, actually, and then we can move on. <laughs> uh, you bring up a great point. That's actually more of a question I'm interested in posing to you guys. But something like that, and when we know it's someone like Colin who doesn't really, you know, he's a busy guy. Do you feel like those kind of details are something that the client should be throwing in copy as an option? Or do you think that should be more? Who do you think the onus falls on to bring up those unique things? Because sometimes, you know, Listen, if if you have someone sponsoring your show, it is worth your time to do the research and really make a meaningful read for them. But sometimes people, I mean, you know, they might not even know to look that up because not every brand is going to be associated with an athlete or, you know, look up the right things, etc. or even the time. But I'm just curious from everyone's perspective, what you guys, where you think the onus falls to kind of get those little creative touches in there. I think no matter what the what one side of the coin is going to say, it's on the onus of the other. Uh, right. Said to provide that at some level, and I think there's probably a bit of a both and in that scenario where some podcasters will just do that because they care and they want to like learn as much as they can about a brand that they're bringing on. So they'll do all that little stuff and they'll like find the story and pull it in or hook it in somehow. And when that happens, it's kind of like a glory moment for the brand or for the buyer who's doing the buying. They're like, oh wow, that person really showed beyond the expectation that they care so much more to go beyond what was in the copy. So I think that maybe there's like a little bit of a catch 22 where the buyer doesn't want to give too much there so that they kind of almost see if the podcaster will go above and beyond. Because again, if all of a sudden you tell all your podcasters, I want you to tell them that Nick right. wears the clothing. Now all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> every ad read on every sports yeah, podcast would be saying the same line. Yeah, right. Exactly. It doesn't make it special. So that's where I think from a buyer's perspective and from a copy perspective, we always try to give enough that they can work off of and add their own flavor and creativity. So we kind of hope at least that the podcaster takes it very seriously and goes, man, I actually do really love this product and I want to learn more and create a contextualization in their own life, whether or not by referencing an athlete or how they used it going out for dinner or whatever. That would be how I'd look at it. 
Yeah, awesome. I, that's such a great question, though, because I, I ask those things all the time because I'm not the one producing the ads or, or, or you know, uh, buying them even. Um, and and I think, like, I agree with your point, too, Adam, but I also think, you know, he mentioned, like, you know, athletes want to look good, right? He could he could have easily tied that into some of the top athletes where, you know, wear cuts. He might even not even have to mention the name. And I think that's probably something that cuts probably could have just handed him in the talking points. It didn't have to be, hey, make sure you say this. But, hey, here are a couple interesting facts. Um, You know, there it's worn by this, this, this and this. So I, I totally agree. I think I think you're right. It could be both, but also um, that'd be a really good talking point for cuts. Cool. I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think I really love the emphasis of the promo code. We've talked about this before, Adam, but like it made it feel exclusive. I think when they just say, hey, get 15% off, you know, use code whatever. It's sort of like, oh, I could probably go to the website in general. And I, I didn't have to listen to this episode to know that this was a, a discount code or that, you know, this was a special offer. But he made it feel very special. And I really like that. Um, and then I think the other thing is, and to your point, uh, Jalen, it's it, it was very, very much endorsed. I think he could have probably tied it into a little bit more of a real life scenario. Maybe, you know, like he said he goes to his son's baseball games or something like that and he always wears them. Um, but it, yeah, like I didn't walk away from that being like, oh, he's never worn cuts. Like, I, I, you know, I probably could have imagined him actually wearing one while he was recording that right there. So I did. I, that was a really great example of like he endorsed it. And obviously, like clothing is different from like, a, you know, a, a supplement or whatever. Right. So there's probably less regulations around like making those sorts of endorsements. But I definitely totally believe that he wore it and he's probably got his entire, you know, closet packed with it. Um, And then the last thing that I'll say is that, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot with like food brands and stuff. And I forget the the ad that we were listening to recently, Adam, um, but we were like, the one thing that some food brands don't mention is like how it tastes. And like, yes, it does this and it's great and it has all these vitamins and minerals, but like, because it tastes right. And I think this was a great example of how he took that same sort of concept and applied it here um, because he talked about how they look good, you know, and I think that even for some clothing brands that can be missed, right? You know, you're talking about how it's comfy or it's made for your size or whatever, but he was just like a look good. And at the end of the day, like that's why people wear things. And if they have all those features and pockets, like that's awesome too. But that was the why. And I think they did a great job at that. So th- there's always three layers to to the answer there. So because it looks good is the what, but how it makes you look good is because it sculpts, shapes, whatever. There's like a how aspect to it, but the why you you almost want to get to a different layer of like just saying like it, you look good in it. That's a level of depth. But if you say actually I was wearing this walking down the street and I was stopped three times by someone and they commented on how I look, that never happens and it only happens when I wear cuts clothing. Now, it, obviously, don't make a fictitious story up, but like, <laughs> that is. That is the level of depth where if you can get to that level of Uh you're you don't have to say and it makes you look good. You can say when I wear this out, I feel like I get way more attention. I feel like blah, blah, blah. The feel aspect almost matters more. Almost always in an ad read. That is what a real personal endorsement feels like. When you hear that, that is a different type of ad read than it makes me feel good or "I, I feel like I look good in it. No, no, no. I wear this when I go to the club on my son uh, on Friday night and try wear what give me something real there then. and then that's well, you send me some cuts out. man I'm gonna get yeah. on that for you man yeah Let's seriously they they said so Ethan took me up before and so Fias is all all included uh, you're selling me. <laughs> No, but that's such a good point, Adam, because that's the emotional component to it, right? Like, I can tell you what it is and I can state these facts that it looks great and stuff. But like, let's let's have somebody sort of like, you know, the the image of the mind thing or, or whatever we talked about. Yeah, theater of the mind. But like, you know, if, if he had said that, hey, I was walking down the street or I was at my you know son's baseball game and I had four people come up and be like, what the hell? You know, that's such a great T-shirt. You know, that like paints the picture for the audience to be like, oh, I, like, I would love that to happen, right? I want to walk down the streets of New York yeah. and have one of my T-shirts. So 
That's so great. Um, all right, let's move scores. on to scores. Yes, yeah, scores. Okay, I'll start. Okay. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It had all the fundamentals of a good ad read. It was just missing some of that like pizzazz that would have leveled it okay. up for me. It did nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong about the ad. It just was a good ad. Nothing amazing. All right, Liv. Oh, man. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Just because I liked... I feel like it did a lot of things right. I would... I... There's a little bit of that extra that, you know, you could that we've talked about that could have been added. But as far as what needed to be done and did I feel like I understood it and I would visit the site, you know, all that. I, I think it I think it did what it needed to do and had a nice tone to it. It was nice to listen to. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I also my notes have eight, eight out of ten. Person. <laughs> might yes. be. We might be uh, very arbitrary, but yeah, eight out of ten uh, for, for me. Very arbitrary. <laughs> uh, that's great. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the next one. Wait, Amelia, what's your score? Yeah, what about you? I would, I would go with a seven to eight out of 10 thing. I, I think I totally agree with you guys, right? Like if I was the brand, if I was cut, they wouldn't be unhappy with it. Um, I think uh, I honestly think cuts probably should have handed them a little bit more. And I think that's the fine line between like giving somebody a script and then having them not read it authentically and then letting them do their thing. Um, but even some of those like talking points and stuff, hey, we work with some of these, you know, some great athletes and stuff. And that just might be easy. It, it almost, it makes it easier for them to integrate into what they're saying rather than telling them that they have to. So um, yeah, I think it was good. I wouldn't be unhappy with this. And um, it was quick and short, but I think for the most part, it did you know, hit all the talking points that, you know, if I was a guy listening to this, I'd, I'd probably go check it out. I love t-shirts and I, you know, I want them to look good. So yeah. Neat. I like it. I like it. All right. This is door bumper clear. You guys know this podcast? No, but I was looking it up. It's oh. a NASCAR podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so that makes this even inter more interesting because it's the a, advertiser. It's a sport. Yes, very unique, very niche audience. I'm not super niche, obviously. It's huge, but like, you know, very specific. It's ButcherBox, right? So I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with ButcherBox. Yeah, it's like definitely. Box for me, I think it's like, you know, grass-fed, really awesome meat. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And we can maybe talk about like how, you know, ButcherBox maybe would have, uh, how they've sort of approached like let's run on NASCAR episodes. Oh, or yeah, whatever. So definitely. Let's, let's give this a listen to. If you're tired of searching the grocery store for meat you can trust, you need ButcherBox. They're a subscription service that delivers humanely sourced meat and sustainably sourced seafood right to your door. You can customize your box and it always ships free. Plus, when you sign up as a member, you'll get access to exclusive deals, delicious recipe ideas, and first dibs on their newest cuts and products. ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Sign up today at butcherbox.com C13 and use code C13 to get $20 off your first order. That's butcherbox.com C13. C13 and use code C13 to claim this deal. Okay. okay. Is, is that the voice of one of the hosts? No, I don't think so. No. That was my question. I didn't so think so. My my guess is that this was a buy that was made as either a run a network or some sort. And by the annotation of C13, I'm assuming this is Cadence 13 potentially. Uh, and this could have been an older ad once upon a time. Um, I don't know when this ad was pulled from, but that's my thoughts on it. I was going to pull that up uh, while mm. we were looking. So let me see if I can. No, it, it happened on the 18th. Oh, it must have just happened. Oh, wow. wow. Fresh read. So, so that that was definitely not 60 seconds, right? Yeah, I think it was close to 30. 30 okay. seconds. It was at the end of the episode or near the end, about an hour and 52 minutes in. It might have been part of a dynamic ad buy, so potentially other people found it placed in a different uh, section. Not a host read, so this is what would we, we would call like a either programmatic or dynamic run a network buy. It's a pre-produced. Produced. 
yeah, right? read that's been put in. So you kind of have to judge them differently than you would judge, say, a right. Hoosterite endorsement because you're not, you're not getting an endorsement out of it. However, there was something sneaky they did in this read that I do want to highlight. And I'm kind of just jumping in now to the conclusion. Do it. So, do oh, it now. You got me um, hooked. The, the interesting thing that they kind of snuck in there is that they're giving us a special promotion. They they almost hook you in by saying, like, this is something that they're giving us. They're not selling anything. They actually put the ad reader in the position of consumer. Uh, I don't know if you heard that, but there was a part in there where they no. say and they're offering us a special 15% off. They're not saying we're offering you something. Mm. So they're adding themselves in the seat of the consumer too. So they're trying to convince their friends, like, we should buy this, not saying you should buy this. That's interesting. That's, it's a really powerful hook to incorporate into ad reads uh, or when you're selling your friend. You know, like, <laughs> you know, if I were to go, hey, I live, Jalen, uh, you guys should go to the Yankees game this Wednesday, blah, 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 whatever it is. And you're like, yeah, okay, we could. But I'm like, actually, live, Jalen, we should go to the Yankees game. It'll be such a good time, blah, blah, blah. It would be such a good opportunity if we all went. So and so, there's totally. collective. You get pulled in into the story that someone else is like, "I'm going to buy this, so you should buy it with me." It, it, do you see how that hooks differently? Really powerful. Totally. That's an, another. Ta- you know, this is actually another. I guess not to go off the rails, but another tactic that I see used a lot, and none of our shows do this, and I feel like I see it most often with shows that are very personality based, but. You, when you have someone, when the ad reader, the host says, you know, I love this product, blah, 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 gives the whole read and is like, and by clicking this link and supporting this, supporting our advertisers, you're also supporting the show. You're also supporting us, almost making the audience part of the show, part of their favorite show. It's like you can be, you can help us out and be one of us if you, if you, if you do this. So I'm curious to hear your perspectives on that because I never see it in copy really written out like that, but I hear it all the time. And I'm curious if that's something that you guys think is effective. Well, I think it's one of those things that some people just get it and they they incorporate it into their speech regardless. I've realized that even with myself, like I know that I don't think that much about what I'm saying when I say it, but Amelia will often say like after I critique an ad and I give my variation of how I would do it, that just comes off the top of the dome. I'm not thinking about like how I need to do it. It's just the way that I have over time been trained to think about how to sell, how to promote something and talk about it. And that comes out of like a world of copywriting and doing ad creative testing and seeing how certain language hooks or enough public speaking. Once you've spoken to enough people and you've seen what draws people in deeper, you can begin to reiterate those messaging elements into the way that you do ad reads or into the way that you do things. So you could kind of tell that You know, when someone says, I'm launching a new podcast and they're like this celebrity, really famous or whatever. And people are like, well, it's going to do great views. And it does do great views. But when they do their ad reads, they don't know how to sell a product. Yeah, it's so true. They're really influential, but they don't know how to promote something to get a conversion out of it. Whereas you look at a guy like Mr. Beast and, you know, Mr. Beast, king of content. (laughs) Yeah. He knows he knows how to sell a product. He knows how to position things in a way that makes it desirable, engaging, interesting without coming across as like he's just doing an ad. Like he knows how to sell. And that is hard to do. Yeah. No, but I think that's such a good point, Liv, because I I, like, you know, it's one of the OG stats about podcasts, right? Is is every every advertiser, every agency talks about this. It's like, you know, the audience actually appreciates one of the last channels where the audience, you know, there is an ad fatigue, right? So they want to support the shows because they're getting it for free and they want them to keep. And, you know, doing it. That's why Patreon was such a big thing. So I 
I actually, when I listen to that, especially, you know, I'm a big fan of like the Morbid podcast and stuff like I, I, I don't mind their ad reads. And so when she's like, you know, comes on and is saying like, you know, this this episode was, you know, supported and, you know, you guys are being able yes. to listen to this because of that. You're it, it's just it feels authentic and it feels it feels less salesy. So I, I think you I know, agree. I agree with you. I think it's it's to Adam's point, like you, it probably just comes naturally once, you know, you you're a copywriter and you've done this and stuff for so long. But I, I think it's probably outside of the fact that you're kind of giving away the fact that you're about to listen to an ad. Obviously, we can't avoid that all the time. I think it's better than this you know, show was brought to you by. I think if they sort of tie it in and it's it's like, you know, thank you to this company because that's yes, yes. listen. there's an appreciation there. Mm -hmm. It pulls back the curtain a little bit and it's like it just for a moment, a split moment. Yep. And I, I personally, I really like it. I think it is a smart move. I think it is effective for me. Like what you just said, like when I have a show that I'm a huge fan of or, you know, YouTube channel, I'm a huge fan of, and I'm listening to an ad, you know, going through the, the motions, quote unquote. But then when they say something like that, it kind of brings you back in and you're like, I could, I should support them. I should support the show. This is something. So I like that angle, but it's interesting to see who does it, who utilizes it, how they do and, and why. So just a yeah. weird point to bring up when you were talking about the us language, mm -hmm. Adam. But but yeah, it's something I see a lot and I I like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So let's go back to the voice thing because this is interesting, right? So butcher box. Yeah. And it will, actually the first thing I'll say is they emphasize like the stain sustainable and then they said something else. I was actually surprised that they went that route because I'm pretty sure one of butcher box's biggest things is like it's grass fed. And like if you're health and wellness focused and stuff, like everybody knows like the importance of grass fed. So I was sort of surprised that they went the sustainable angle because I don't even really know what that means or why that benefits me. Obviously, like I care about sustainability, but I was a little surprised about that. But Butcher Box being a meat subscription box, I would think that like men are probably a, a large majority of their consumers. I eat a lot of meat, so like I would totally buy it. But I, I was surprised knowing that and thinking or having that assumption that they had this woman do the read. And and again, if it was if it is a run of networker and if it's just being placed on a bunch of different shows and stuff like that, um, you know, maybe there's other audiences or maybe there's other shows that this is running on where it's more female based. But I was I was surprised by that. I I, I and Adam, I'm I'm curious to see if what your thoughts are, but if if it is a largely male audience that purchases this product, does having a male give the ad read ad value? Or, or maybe there's a reason why it was a female. Maybe men are more receptive to a female's opinion than having another, you know, beefy man or something talk about it. Yeah, I got two thoughts when it comes to that. So one, um, there might be something to do with like the classic American household and where generally speaking, it still oftentimes is the wife or uh, the mother who does the grocery shopping and is going to make the end decision on where they buy food from. And so that could play a factor, even mm -hmm. if it's the guy who's listening to the podcast and then goes to his wife, says, yeah, hey, you're about that butcher box thing. Oh, you should take a look at it. And they, I mean, who knows? You don't know what the sidebar conversation looks like. So that's a possibility where there's a hook there. And the other part too, is it's hard to know who this is targeting because this isn't necessarily a baked in spot. So it's hard to know if they're actively targeting this show or if this was a run a network across a handful of shows. So the targeting part of this could be something that might be a little bit off. Hard to say though, but I do think generally speaking, ButcherBox from my like broad perspective generally targets male leaning audiences. So yeah, yeah. So both sides of that, I guess we we have a heavily male audience, and we've worked with ButcherBox. And from from my experience working with them, they've typically gone for what you guys what we're all talking about. We imagine they've said like you know tailgating season, cookouts, that kind of thing. You know the 
very much a host read, like get the family together, get the boys together. Let's watch some football, that kind of thing, which does very well. And that's sort of that's what we've seen with them previously. But and this is not ButcherBox, but having a heavily male audience, we have very rarely, but occasionally had requests from clients to have a female voice on the read. And the reasoning for that typically is there's a various psychological factors, I guess, that we that they think might work well for them. But I think the very baseline is that it can make the ad stand out as opposed mm-hmm. to, which is an interesting tactic because we always talk about host reads, like we want it to be seamless with the show. We want it to feel very natural. And with some clients occasionally, and it's again rare, but they'll want a female voice to stand out in that way, to be like, you've been listening all day long to seven different NFL podcasts, a bunch of male voices, and then suddenly you hear this and you're like, what, what is this? Why is this here? So, which this isn't, you know, I, I don't know whether that's, whether I would say effective or not effective, but it's just a different tactic that we've seen. That's so interesting. I love that. I wouldn't have thought about that because you're right. I mean, if, if this is a, you know, a guy a, or a, a guy is, you know, the the host of that show and then all of a sudden a woman comes on, it, it does perk your ears up. And I think, you know, maybe there's some arguments where that maybe makes somebody skip more because they're like, oh, yes, this is an ad or right. whatever. But you're right. It probably catches your attention and that can itself be a hook, even if they didn't perfectly integrate it into the podcast. So that's a really good point. Totally. Right. I think I think for this one, if I can put like my producer hat on for a few seconds, I think what? being able to to listen to how clean it was, like from an edit standpoint, from just there was limited background noise, no clicks or that flowed very seamlessly. And I, I guess now it makes sense because Adam, you mentioned it possibly just being a random network or a dynamically inserted ad. But that, I mean, for me, listening to that, something you strive for as a producer to make sure it sounds very clean just as an edit. So um, kudos to them for, for that one. A couple of my other notes, I guess, are a little bit thrown off now that it is that, you know, run a network ad. I think um, <laughs> I'm listening to it as as like a, a NASCAR, I guess, listener, particularly for ButcherBox. It would be obviously more beneficial to have someone who said, I brought this to this NASCAR event in Richmond, yeah. something like that. Because that's, you know, mm-hmm. to, to Liv's point, that's why ButcherBox was on a couple of our shows, particularly our college football shows to talk about tailgating down south and bringing these stakes to, to the tailgate. So, and again, it changes now, right? That it's a, that it's a run a network ad, but I think it would be much more effective from a host that mentioned than being, you know, bringing it down to, to a tailgate at a NASCAR event. So that's all. I, and then also like, there were just like no personal endorsement. Nothing, yeah. Even if it is a run of network, I think it could be also beneficial to mention, I think you mentioned earlier, like the taste aspect of something like yeah. this is taste good or is it like what, what what is this so even just little you know tidbits like that i think would have would have helped the read no i agree i mean and it's interesting because i agree with you obviously like when, when somebody comes on and they endorse something and that's your that's the person you're listening to you know you you listen if joe tells me blah 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 and i'm a big fan of joe rogan like i'm I'm going to listen. But there's probably ways they can still do some sort of endorsement, you know, even like mentioning review numbers or, you know, like understanding the audience that you're running this add on, even if it, it is run of network, it's probably a similar audience. Maybe it's a bunch of different sports shows or something like that. They could talk about, you know, Carl from Nebraska, you know, love this. I, I think there's probably other interesting creative ways where it could still be an endorsement of sorts. It's more of that third party validation um, that they probably could have integrated, even if you can't do a perfect endorsement because it's produced and it's, you know, added in after. hundred percent. I know one thing that, you know, we do, you know, on our side as well is maybe like the ease of navigation, right? Like to ordering, you know, butcher box, which even something 
like that. Obviously, it's not the the taste aspect, but you at least can get the feel of, oh, man, this takes 15 seconds to order. Like, oh, might as well, you know, knock out and go grab me some. So even yeah. smaller. Yeah. There's so many things that could have been added here to reg- your, like, regardless of whether it was going to be on a ton of different shows or not. There's so much more they could have done with this. And I think knowing that it was on a sports show, probably was on others. And most people who are listening to really any sports podcast all day long, their ears might not perk up at, you know, the sustainability and grass bed. They're not really thinking about sustainability. They're not really thinking about food in that way, I guess, or like how their food's made in that moment. They're not listening to cooking podcasts or anything like that. Um, So if you're just thinking about sports all day long, I feel like there's just even a general hook that could have been better for that audience that might have taught them listen. Great point. That's such a great point because you're right. Those people probably don't care. Maybe they care about it being grass-fed or something, but they care about the taste. They care about how easy it is. They care about having the largest variety of filet mignon or something for when their boys come over to watch the game, right? Like those those are all things that probably are way more relatable and intriguing for the audience. They're targeting. They're not going to show up to the tailgate and say, thanks, we're sustainable. <laughs> like I wanted to hot taste. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. This episode is going to run long, so let's get some scores going, and then let's get on to our last read here. All right, all right, all right. Yes, let's kick it off. Liv, do you want to start it? Yeah, I mean, three out of ten, I would say, and that's mm-hmm. that's me. It's a hard, to, it's hard because I'm saying what well, if it's a host read or not, but I'm just going to say overall, I can't imagine it's going to perk a lot of ears. For me, it was a five. Uh, so maybe a little bit better than, than live score, but yeah, not 50% still, still not. That was nice of you. I was going to give it a, a between a four and a five. I totally agree with you. I think overall, like to your point, Jalen, like it was, was good at it. It was produced well. I think she, she wasn't perfectly scripted. It sort of sounded good or whatever, but I just think knowing that where it was advertised and then on the NASCAR podcast, and then also understanding that that's probably the, all the other, you know, types of shows that it was being run on. I just, I, there was nothing that if I was a guy who watched NASCAR or really cared about sports and stuff, I just don't think there was anything in there that like really, you know, had an emotional tie to me. Um, and I think that that could have easily been changed. So yeah, I would give it a yeah, four to five. Yeah, for a 30 second produced ad with no endorsement, but I, I actually will be less harsh on it because I actually love that they use the us language yeah. Uh, yeah. really smart. And so I'm going to call it within the context of what it is, knowing that it's not an endorsement, knowing it's only 30 seconds, knowing they don't have any personal endorsement. With If that was the objective, I'll call it a 7 out of 10 for that okay. regard. If I'm just oh. giving it a ranking as like an ad in the, the realm of ads, like 2, 3 out of 10. <laughs> Like, okay, okay, that makes me feel better. But within the context of what it is and the purpose of which it was probably bought in, I think it's actually done a pretty decent job. I agree. Yeah, it's very clean for that. Yeah. Just thinking about, you know, an ad across a sports network. Yeah. No. And that's not to say, by the way, that like, we don't like butcher box. I mean, obviously, honestly, like I love butcher box, butcher box ads. I think this was one that would honestly just be interesting to hear what their strategy around it was, because whether, you know, I have so many questions, the female voice, the, you know, sustainability. I mean, I just think like there's always ways to improve and optimize. And I think we brought up a lot of really interesting ones. So, all right, let's move on. This is the last yeah. one. I don't know if you guys have heard of this like network or, you know, publisher, The Athletic, but yeah, you know, yeah they have this, you know, interesting. Oh, oh, forget <laughs> me. This is a 10 out of 10. This is a yeah, 10 yeah. 10. Um, all right. <laughs> so this is The Athletic NBA show. So I'm assuming it's about basketball if I got my sports correct. And it's Chime. Have you guys heard of Chime? Yes. And so you it's, a, yeah, will, it's an online give you The Google synopsis for anyone listening, 
Chime Financial Inc. is a San Francisco-based financial technology company that partners with regional banks to provide certain fee-free mobile banking services. Woo! So it's All right. with no monthly fees and fee-free overdraft. Wow. All right. dollars Thank you. Yeah. Let's no, give it a listen. Everybody ready? After a word from our sponsors. Listen, we're all looking for that song of the summer, that song that gets us on our feet, jumping, ready to dance. Do you know what my song of the summer is? Summertime and the building credits easy. That's my song of the summer. That song is via Chime. And that song you will be singing all summer long with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, a better way to build credit. As in, you can build your credit scores safely with everyday purchases and on-time payments. There's no annual fee, interest, or credit check to get started. Listen to this. Here's what a Chime checking account can do for you. You can get paid up to two days earlier. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can access your money sooner. Here's what you need to do to be smarter about your money, to be safer about your money, and get that credit score bumping like the summer tunes we talked about. Start building your credit up. Open up a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com slash MBA show. That's Chime.com slash MBA show. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank, NA, member FDIC. Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal freeze may apply. On-time payment history may have a positive impact on your credit score. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. This is an interesting one. I want to hear. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Jalen, kick us off. I will will go first. Absolutely. So, as a producer very clean edit was was seamless i i definitely enjoyed that so for any i guess financial service company it's easy in a read like this it's easy to be boring and be like very jargony if that's a word i can make up right now and i felt that this particular host who i know i thought did a really good job of like being engaged with the jargony of chime and being able to at least come across a little bit passionate or as passionate as you can be in talking about something like this. So I thought he did a really good job in being able to relay that over. So yeah, I mean, again, like it was a solid listen. It was an educational. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and buy Chime or use their services tomorrow, but in terms of an overall read, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about this one, sorry to jump in, but is that like, you know, we were talking about cuts clothing and, and there's really nothing they couldn't they could say or they couldn't say, right, that would have any issues from, a, you know, an FTC standpoint or right. a regulation standpoint. But right. banking, insurance, mental health, all those sorts of things, I think it's they have they're up against something because they have to be really careful about what the hosts are allowed to say. They're probably looking at air checks every single time they're run. And so this was a, a minute and 30 second ad. And I think the last 15, 20 seconds, they had to go through all those. So I think like knowing all of that and keeping that in context, I, I, I do think they did a good job. I think you're right. You know, at the beginning, I was a little confused about the song thing he was talking about. But if anything, that confusion sort of was a hook of itself. I was I was like, wait, what? Where is he going with this? Which, you know, caught my attention and stuff. But I think knowing all of that and and how difficult it can be from, you know, whether it's a host endorsed perspective, maybe he can't even say anything about that. He probably can't talk about, you know, how it's helped him save money. Right. Or or any of the other things. I think they did a really good job, again, from the educational standpoint. And and it sounded easy, all that sort of stuff. So I, I think those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I think overall, like within the confines of knowing that some brands are hard to give ads for because of all the 
you know, the rules that you need to follow around them. It was really well done. Like the hook at the beginning pulls you right in. You don't feel like it's an ad until all of a sudden you get into it. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I might as well stick around now. Like you pulled me in, so I might as well stay. And it's not an endorsed spot. It's not him saying, I use this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of okay, especially for a service like this. You almost kind of don't necessarily need that for financial services in that realm. I, I liked it. It was pretty good. I, I don't really know how Chime is different yet from other things. Yep. That is one of the things that I would have as a financially conscious person. How is this working? And that's where, you know, I always get a little turned off the moment all those like discretionary things come up. <laughs> and it's like, results may vary. Your credit score may be negatively impacted, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Like, okay, Might so, cause heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like right. all that stuff almost causes me a pause, which is an unfortunate necessity to these ad read because it almost pulls you out of the ad at the end where you're like, uh, maybe I don't want this, but you might go look into it anyways. And if you're a person that's in need of a service like this, then perhaps you've already been curious enough that you just go and check it out regardless. Agreed. Yeah. So I was going to say, sometimes it's nice when the producers will speed up that disclaimer at the end, which I mean, some clients will will explicitly state that that's something you can or should do, whereas some clients will be like, no, you can't do that. So I think it would have been nice. It would be nice if they could have done that at the end, because I agree with you. And then I guess for me, it agreed with everybody else. I've seen this copy, this copy from time before. It doesn't require personal experience for all the reasons that we referenced. So in that sense, I think hit the mark. And the voice, and this is a this is a biased perspective now, but works in this situation because his voice is familiar to me and to the listeners, it would be as well. And so I think that helps that uh, I've heard some of our hosts, some of our it's other hosts too, not just ours, but I've heard hosts that get a, a read like this that's jargony and they they sound almost exasperated as they read it. They sound, they have a different cadence. They sound like they're just really struggling to get through this thing. And I will give him points for not sounding that way. Sounded like himself, sounded normal. And I think, you know, people who listen to our shows will know his voice. And so I guess that kind of makes sense. So yeah, really fine. Adam, you were going to jump in and say something. I was going to say, uh, when you were talking about that like tagline at the end where they have to cut through all the disclaimers, is the worst thing that I've seen is when they do a great ad read and then it actually cuts to like a pre-recorded like blah, 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 blah. And it's like not even the same voice of the uh, the person. So I like that they kept it the same voice. But in the event that your show hosts don't want to do that part and to to not take away from what they just said, you could use something like that. And those types of brands, it might be in their best interest to provide a already sample file that is, say, five seconds or whatever it is, yeah. or 10 seconds of however long it takes, that they can just send with the ad. So like, please insert this at the end of the ad read. It takes five seconds. If you need to trim more ad read down to 55 seconds instead of 60 to fit that in, do that. And that would be a really co good compromise for some of those brands to fit in what they need to say at the end. Because I'm assuming, coming from a buyer's perspective, is that if a host were not to give those things at the end of the ad read, they might come to you and say like, hey, we need to have that pulled and re-uploaded with a new ad that has the proper discretions. So that'd be the my compromise as coming from the generous buyer perspective to say here would be a way to, to help mitigate those issues. Cool. As a score for me, I probably would give it a, I had eight. I'll, eight. I'll, next, I'll, I'll call it a, I'm, I'm going to give it a six. And that's just because I still don't really understand Chime at the end of it. 
I don't really, and that's maybe just me not getting this type of a service. It's a fine read. I really like the hook. The hook is the best part of this. The hook, I'd give like a nine out of 10, eight out of 10, because it pulls you in. It gives you curiosity. It's a good host read. There's no endorsement, but you really can't get much endorsement here. So uh, to me, it's, it's a six, six point five maybe. It's not bad. Like I'm fine with it. And if I was the buyer, I'd be like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a six to seven for sure. I, I go back to the hook thing. I think that was really interesting. No, I think, again, like really, really clean. And even the end stuff, like I still think he did a good job at that. And honestly, like we've all watched yeah. those like commercials, the medicine ones where they're talking about, you know, some some new pill solves whatever. And they like have the super small copy that just like runs through and they, you know, it may cause death and internal bleeding. Yes, that's and crazy. Yeah, you're almost like as an audience, like, like, oh, like what? You know, like, don't do that. That's that. It just seems really shady. And I and I actually really appreciate that he didn't do that. And he sort of read through it, despite the fact that it was incredibly, you know, boring and people don't want to listen to that. You know, I, I again, as as somebody that is listening to something that is considering a software like that, I, I think I want to know all those sorts of things. And so I, I think that him not speeding through it and, and not making it sound again, like shady or whatever, I think actually added some authenticity and, and value there. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it like that. Uh, it does give it a little bit more authenticity. Yeah. And, I, and at the end, I did like the way that even though he was reading it, like that last sentence, it was just still kind of engaging. Just the tone of yes. voice that you use, the kind of instant ebbs and flows that you use helps people be able to listen to it without being like, I got to get this out of my ears right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Great. Thank you, guys. Any last minute thoughts, any best practices you guys want to share with us? I think from our perspective, the biggest challenge that we face uh, being in the position that we are is just making sure that we we have the producers, we have the hosts, the content creators, for lack of a better word, that want to make everything seamless with their show, their content, what they're doing, what their schedule is. And then we have clients who want to everything to perform for them as well. So and sometimes those the two missions are misaligned, but we can find ways to align them. And I think just something I want to take away from this conversation with you guys is just, you know, a little bit more tips and tricks for us. You know, when we talk about who the onus falls on in certain situations, how we can make ad reads better and how can we can help our content creators, our producers, our hosts, how we can aid them with the resources to make ads better because they will do it. They're all creative. They're all, this goes for any podcaster, but for the most part, working with the content side of things, they are willing and able and creative and awesome. And you just kind of have to give them the tools sometimes to be able to see the value of really putting in the extra effort for their audience, for themselves, for the sake of the show. Because an ad read doesn't have to be boring, you know, it doesn't have to be. It can be very much part of the show. Why make an okay ad when you can make better? Make better. Exactly. <laughs> make better. That's it. Need t-shirts, make better, baby. We can make better. We can make better. Um, my takeaways. I mean, honest, this was terrific. Again, as I mentioned at the start, I'm so happy we were able to finally, finally do this. Yeah, I I would say like for us as a publisher, there's like more information that we can share with one another helps everyone. I think feedback about reads, right, or information to see how stuff is tracking and delivering is always super helpful for us. Um, I know one thing that we've started to do a little bit more is giving, you know, some clients agencies like courtesy reads. Hey, check this is 
maybe will be the flow of the read before before it launches, which which is helpful for everybody, right? So I think being able to share information and, and be open and transparent about you know, things that are going on with the read or how it could be better from a feedback lens is is always helpful. And that's why this podcast was created, right? So that we can all, you know, make better ads. Guys, why make good when you can make better? Thank you.